Welcome to the Own Your Choices, Own Your Life podcast. I am Marsha Van Weinsberg. I am a speaker, a coach, and a published author of the best-selling book, When She Stopped Asking Why. On this podcast, we will share tips, tools, and strategies used by our speakers to break through and overcome the challenges in their lives. I am on a mission to educate, empower, and inspire you to see that when you own your choices, you truly own your life. Let's dive right in. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Own Your Choices, Own Your Life. I am so thrilled for today's guest. Today, I have the pleasure of interviewing Sarah Swain. Sarah is the founder of the Great Canadian Women, Inc. that shines a spotlight on Canadian women making waves, moving mountains, and blazing trails. The Great Canadian Women started out as a podcast. It quickly grew to a multifaceted platform designed for Canadian women to share their stories, insight, businesses, expertise with the Canadian marketplace. The Great Canadian Women podcast was one of the 50 podcasts chosen to be featured by Apple iTunes as part of their Inspiring Women campaign on International Women's Day 2019. Sarah believes that by trusting ourselves enough to take aligned action, we can raise the frequency of Canada one woman at a time. And that is exactly what Sarah is doing. I am so honored to have been featured on one of Sarah's podcasts, to connect with her, to have her as a mentor, and to learn from her. She is really, honestly, making massive changes and impact with women with women in business, and today we dive into some really, really deep topics on a personal level and a business level, things from the power of tuning in and listening to our intuition and know how to follow that feeling and that pull, tuning into the energy in all areas of our business of our life, understanding our self-worth. So if you are out there with your business and you are trying to figure out your pricing and your structure and you're stuck with comparison, comparison to other businesses, She really gives you some great takeaway points about what our self-worth is. And Sarah truly believes in the power of collaboration with other like-minded women through our programs and coaching and live events. And that is something I completely honor and cherish because I believe that we don't get there alone. We get there so much faster together. When we step into our gifts, we can light the way and give permission for others to do the same. So this is such a powerful episode, and I am so super grateful to have Sarah on this call with me today. So let's dive in. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Own Your Choices, Own Your Life. And I am so thrilled to have Sarah Swain with us today. Sarah is a coach, mentor, friend that we've connected online and have not met in person, which we will be doing soon. I know it's so funny. Sometimes you feel like you know someone. So I'm just so, so thrilled to have you here with us today, Sarah. Mm, Thank you so much for having me. I've been so looking forward to this. This has been great. This has been great. Sarah is the name and brand behind the great Canadian women. If you have seen that, she has a fantastic podcast that she does. And I have just been able to have the pleasure of learning from and working more closely with her. So I'm just thrilled to have you here today. So I'm going to start with a couple of quick questions that I like to ask so that we can get a little bit background about who you are. Where are you from, Sarah? Okay. So that's kind of a long story. I'll try and make that short. I was born and raised in uh, Northern Ontario. So just a little bit west of Sudbury for anybody that's familiar with that area. 
uh, spent um, probably the first eight adult years of my life in Toronto, living it up in the city. Okay. Then met my now husband mm-hmm. and decided to start our life together out in Western Alberta <laughs> or Western Canada in Alberta, uh, where we got engaged and we got married and we bought our first home and, and we were there for six years. And it's just been recently within the last year that we have moved all the way out to the East Coast uh, <laughs> and are currently residing in New Brunswick now. So yeah, bit of a loaded question. <laughs> I knew I knew there was a number of moves in there, so that's why I wanted was curious where it was. So you are on the East Coast right now. Do you still have snow? No, actually, um, looking out my window right now, our grass is bright, luscious green. Nice. Yes. Nice. I always say that Canadians are just like the, the nicest people until we see snow in April. We just become... <laughs> oh, yeah. Mad. Mad. Yeah. I, I saw it a little bit. I think it was Good Friday. I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> we just oh, turn. We just turn. We do. It's, it's, it can get quite, quite hostile in our house. Actually, we were sitting outside. It was, I want to say a week and a half ago yeah. on Sunday. It was beautiful. It was hot. Like I had to put my shorts on. We're sitting oh, wow. I woke up the next morning. There was snow on the ground. <laughs> right? Like it's just this, I mean, this happens every year yet every it year. Does. We're so bloody shocked. And it's just, it's hilarious. <laughs> my, my husband was upstairs one day and I came downstairs and I, 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 I can, I'm not going to do it here, but I definitely can have a mouth. And I yep. came down the stairs and he was like, I was just waiting. <laughs> the snow, I knew it was going to happen. It's just when you're not ready. I mean, you know, it comes and we know it happens every year, but Canadians were so easy going until we see snow especially after April 15th, anything past that. And it's like, okay, enough. It's true. It's true. My birthday's at the end of April and it was always this, this toss up about whether or not we were going to have, you know, that April blizzard on my, the day that my birthday party was actually going to be. So yeah, I love the month of April because I love spring and I love the rebirth of everything. And yeah, yeah, until that snowfall happens. (laughs) Oh, that's so funny. Cause I'm April. I just, mine was a few weeks ago. Totally not surprised. We're two headstrong girls. And we just, I always always joke, right? The Aries, the Ram, the redhead for me. It's just like, I'm just, yeah, it's definitely the bull. It's a bull. bull. I am a, I'm definitely a bull. There's no question. I am. I won't deny it at all. So you told me where you live now. I have a couple other quick questions. What is the most impactful book you've read? And I think I know the answer to this one now. Oh, I think you might. Uh, yeah, I think always this is going to be my book. So this is a, this is going to be a tough one to beat for any authors that exist out there. But uh, probably the most transformational book I've ever read in my life is The Monk Who Sold His Ferrari by Robin Sharma. Mm-hmm. I um, am actually after listening to your podcast and I already knew that I pulled it back out. Cause I'm like, that's my next one to read again. It's been a, so long since I read it. Yeah. I, I mean, I love Robin Sharma, his books, his, I saw him in Vegas speak um, probably about five or six years ago and ridiculously impactful. So simple though, like so simple, not flashy, not, you know, over the top, just very simple and very impactful. I think that's what I what I liked about it. Now that you mentioned it, it's a, it's an incredibly simple concept, mm-hmm. uh, and I think that because the story was done as as a fable, as a story, as opposed to your typical personal development, which is you know steps one through ten on how to do whatever it is you think you suck at, <laughs> and this this was really just it was a story that just totally captivated me, and I think it was a lot to do with the the time of my life mm-hmm. that I read it in. Mm-hmm. Um, because I was very much that, that corporate hustler that was working nonstop round the clock, trying to figure out why, you know, I had all this success, but I was still not happy. 
Um, so yeah, that book, I think it was the timing of my life when I read it, that was probably the most profound because it was exactly what I needed to hear. That's awesome. I love when those books show up at that time and when things show up at that time. And we're definitely going to come back to that topic for sure. Awesome. A mentor who has impacted your life the most. Mm -hmm. Gosh, I've had so many. That is so hard. Um, I'm going to give two parts to this I okay. because I had so many fantastic mentors from my corporate days as, as much as I'm like, yeah, I'm no longer corporate. Uh, there was so many great things and, and experiences that I had because I worked corporate and, um, all of the leaders. And, and I don't know if you can resonate this with, <laughs> you think about the bosses that just like irk you. Right. Mm-hmm. And they just kind of push you and they, and they, they expect too much of you. And they, and you just find yourself, you come home at the end of the night, you're just rah, 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 cursing, you're cursing their name. Right. I gotta tell you, when I look back on it, mm-hmm. Those were probably the best leaders I had in my entire corporate career because yes, they were tough. Mm -hmm. Yes, they were ruthless beyond words. Uh, Yes, they pushed me like beyond my max, but it was because they saw something in me and they knew that I was way more capable Mm -hmm. than I was giving myself credit for. Um, So, you know, there, there's several of them. I won't name them all, but there's several of them in my corporate days um, that I owe a lot of my, my catalytic career growth to um, because they've just kind of constantly felt like they were behind me, just pushing me, pushing me, even though I was uncomfortable as hell as I was growing so quickly. Uh, they really believed in me and that, that just, you know, it shot me into the stratosphere with my own, uh, with my own corporate accolades and all that stuff from that part of my life. Um, outside of that, my gosh, it's even still, I have so many mentors, um, you know, outside of like coaches and, and, you know, people that I've actually hired. Um, I would have to say this might sound super cliche, maybe not, but I have to say that I give a lot of credit, uh, to my parents. Oh, nice. And you know, it, again, it's because they, <laughs> they, they taught me what it meant to be confident and independent mm-hmm. at a very, very young age. And, and just something as simple as, you know, me being four years old or something, my mom putting the handful of money into my hand to go get my hamburger at the McDonald's counter. Um, and just kind of, you know, creating that foundation for me from literally, you know, the spongiest age possible that, oh, I can do things on my own and Mm -hmm. I don't, you know, have to rely on people around me in order to be able to do the things that I do have things that I have want things that I want. And, you know, the McDonald's story is just an example, but that's Mm -hmm. really kind of the foundation in which I was raised was to really just completely believe that I'm capable of doing whatever I think I can, um, and having the confidence to go do it. Wow. That is a really, that, I mean, that's awesome. And that's just so, uh, powerful because more often than not, and I was just referencing a podcast I actually listened to this morning, it was Jenna Kutcher and they just finished this big, um, I don't know exactly like, but a mastermind that they were in and there was two women there and it was her and Rachel Hollis. And they were talking about how here are two powerful seven figure earners, business builders. They've built powerhouse of brands and they still are reluctant to sell. Like there's a lack of belief that she openly admits it. That is this lack of belief that is there. And it was her coach who was talking to her in the time saying like, this is something that women 
I mean, really, I wish he, I wish I could change the DNA right from when they're younger. There is a lack of belief of what they are capable of doing. If you talk to them about what they do, they light up, they have amazing success stories. They have customers who love what they do. There are people praying for solutions that they have yet deep down, they still are holding back that little bit of lack of belief. So he just made me think of that because I think it's yeah. great that that was something that was kind of instilled in you from a young age. Yeah. And it's so important too, especially for, for women in business. It's, I mean, it's, it's almost an epidemic in my opinion, mm -hmm. how, how much we hold ourselves back um, from asking uh, what we know we're worth for, you know, oh. commanding respect for, uh, you know, commanding, um, you know, being recognized with the, with the own amount of self-worth that we recognize ourselves with. It's, it's, there's a lot of work to be done in that area uh, for sure. But I think that um, if, if I could share this with the listeners, one of the, one of the best things I did for myself, especially when I was starting out is I blocked everyone else out. Um, and, and this was call it a completely backwards approach to what most coaches would have advised me to do at the time, especially being in my first year of business. And really, I mean, ultimately just winging it and trying to figure things out as, as I went. But what I found myself doing was feeling like I wasn't enough because I was reaching outside of myself mm -hmm. for all of this wisdom and, and these, you know, how to's and these tips and tricks and, you know, methods to success that all these other people seem to be using or preaching. And by me reaching outwards to grasp at those things was subconsciously telling myself that I didn't have enough, therefore I must need more. Mm -hmm. So what I did was I stopped reading books and I stopped listening to podcasts for almost an entire year. And that was probably one of the most powerful moves I've made in my business to date was to stop relying on, you know, listening to what everyone else was doing. And, and yes, there's, there's a time and a place for learning. I get that. But within the context of this particular issue of not feeling like I was enough, I had to mm -hmm. prove to myself that I was by realizing that everything I needed, all the creativity in the world exists within me and just, you know, trusting myself enough to create content that I know is powerful and I know can help people as opposed to, you know, listening to things and then kind of recycling everything and regurgitating it back out in a, in a different way. I knew that I was capable of doing more than that, but I had to block the noise out in order to trust myself enough to do it. Mm-hmm. I, there's so much power in what you just said there. And that is something that I remember listening to you say that in a podcast episode where you said that, and it is almost backwards from what most people would recommend. But I, I do believe that if we're not careful, we become consumers and yes. we're consumers of everything and everyone. Yeah. And then we don't know, like we just, we, we're, we forget and the noise happens and we forget what it is that we, our message even is. Yeah. And with coaching clients, I find when they get like it, and I, I do it all the time too. I'm completely transparent. If you fall into the victim of comparisonitis and comparison mm -hmm. to other people, and even if it's, you know, somebody that you admire and somebody that you are like, God, look at the success they're having. Like, what am I not doing? I have said, like, honestly, unfollow, 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 because yep. 
can't, you can't, you're not in a confident state yet where you can subjectively look at that. And like, you need to be in a state where you can look at another woman's success and go like, you go girl. Like that yeah. is so freaking awesome. You go. Exactly. If you can't do that, unfollow. Because yep. you're just too much noise. There's way There's too still much. healing that needs to be done on, on some level. And the other thing that it does too, is when you start to pay too much attention to the ways in which any one other person is doing things and you allow yourself to start, you know, thinking about all the things you're not doing like them, mm -hmm. um, you inadvertently block your own creative flow. You're, you, mm -hmm. you stop the, the new fresh ideas from coming in. Like all of the things that exist today is because somebody created it. it and, and they had the belief that they could do it, right? They had, really. they had the belief. I mean, there's just, there's so many nuggets in there that I want to dive into. Yeah. Um, but I want to give some backstory about tell us what the great Canadian woman platform is. Oh my gosh. One of my favorite things to talk about. I know. Um, so yeah, this kind of happened accidentally. Um, I, I had already left corporate and had already been in the throes of kind of starting up my coaching business. And, and at the time, um, the, the idea of intentional living and, and getting really intentional about our lives, uh, you know, having the, the guts and the courage to go for it and to create um, and reshape what it means to actually live. And, and that was kind of the mindset that I was in in the very early stages of my business, which at that time was called Life Intentionally. Mm -hmm. And I ended up down in Southern California at Lori Harder's Bliss Project at the beginning of 2018. And very much like yourself, ran into a bunch of Canadians. Oh, tons of Canadians there. Tons of Canadians yeah. there. And I love telling this story, especially to Canadians that have gone to Bliss because they completely know what I'm talking about. It felt like the majority of people there were Canadian. Yes, it did. Yeah. Yes, it did. And it's just this weird seed that got planted that weekend um, because I, I had no intentions at the time of, of changing my business. I was kind of really just open to, you know, whatever was coming and, and really learning and, and moving through all that. However, at the end of June, I had this date on my calendar, June 30th, uh, that I was going to launch a podcast and I had no idea what it was going to be about. Uh, I just knew that's how I operate. I got to put a date on something and hold myself accountable to make sure that it happens. And this idea of all these Canadian women in California, and why did we have to go all the way to California to meet all these Canadian women? And how come this person on stage is from Canada? I've never even heard of her before. Like, what is happening? There's a disconnect. And this, this highlight reel just kept going over and over in my mind all the time until it became very, very clear to me one day that the reason why I couldn't stop thinking about this is because I was being called to create something that connected us all. Absolutely. And the reason why, um, you know, all of us had to fly on a plane to Southern California to meet is because there was no platform for Canadian women, for all of us to, to come to know one another, the stories that we have, the businesses that we have, services, products, insight, expertise, all of those things that, you know, we were constantly looking, uh, you know, way outside of Canada for we're hiring people from the States, from Australia, from the UK. And meanwhile, there is so much talent here in Canada. We just don't know about it because, you know, for a large country of a teeny tiny population in the bigger scheme of things, but we are so geographically spread out from coast to coast that we needed something mm -hmm. in order for all of us to feel a little bit more connected. And, you know, all of a sudden I'm looking at this date, June 30th 
on my calendar and this Canada thing is like crazy going on in my mind. And all of a sudden I'm like, oh, wow. oh my God, July 1st is Canada day. The great Canadian woman. Whoa, I have goosebumps there right now. Yeah. Yeah. No, I do too. I've never heard that story, but there it is. Like that's all of a sudden I'm like, oh my God, like this is what I'm supposed to be doing. Mm-hmm. And you know, all of a sudden the, you know, the podcast launched, it took off like a bat out of hell. And the rest of my business just naturally followed suit. So I, I transitioned from life intentionally to incorporating the great Canadian woman. And, and that's what we've been led to today. And it's, it's a multifaceted platform now with live events, masterminds, business coaching, uh, the podcast, the blog, um, all sorts of things. And it's, it's just naturally taking course because there's a demand for it. There's a, there's a deep yearning, I think, amongst Canadian women where we want to feel like we know each other a little bit better. Oh yeah. Absolutely. And the best thing that's happened so far is me getting the messages of people that, you know, tuned into the podcast and then they listened to a guest that I was featuring and that guest happens to live in their community and they've now connected and now they're collaborating and making, you know, new businesses and, and, you know, hosting events together and stuff. And to me, that is just the coolest thing ever. And, you know, it's just, it, it's, it's proving to me that the platform is doing exactly what I had intended it to do. Mm-hmm. And that's just super exciting. It's literally the most fulfilling thing I've ever done in my life. So it's so awesome. And I think that's part of the reason that I was attracted to working and and finding more about what you did was because I, at the core, believe we have to collaborate together. Like at the very, very core is one of the main core values. We have to collaborate together. We have to encourage each other. There's room for everyone. We all, I mean, there's no competition if we bring ourselves to the table. That's the problem. We don't know, we don't know ourselves enough sometimes to bring ourselves to the table. So that's when we get caught up in what's competition. And it's definitely, I think we realize, yes, Canada is a very big country, but you, we have found like in these circles, they're very small. Like we, I think there's, we have a sim, like small numbers of women who are stepping into these roles and doing it. Not because there's only a small number who can, but I just don't think that this is, this is brand new territory in some sense. So Absolutely. I actually am interviewing somebody that you interviewed, um, and we're doing this Friday, but as somebody you interviewed, and when we first connected just to do a chat, she's like, oh my God, I listened to your podcast on Sarah's. Like, it was, she would just, oh my gosh, this I love small that. world, right? Yeah. It's such a small world. And so it's, it's just great because again, it's just women encouraging each other. So that is something that I um, can strongly stand behind and love that that's what you do with a great community yeah. platform. Well, I think too, I mean, us as Canadians, we're, you know, overall, I'm very much generalizing with this comment. So hopefully the listeners understand that, but generally speaking, Canadians are very traditional people. Mm -hmm. We're very humble or, you know, we're, we're kind of okay with the norm, so to speak. Right. So therefore, you know, when, when someone really wants to break through and do something differently, uh, they do have a little bit harder of a time doing that because, you know, their community doesn't understand or their immediate family doesn't understand. They think that, you know, you drank the Kool-Aid and you're reading too many books and just go back to your job, be normal. Like we have all that. We got a lot of that kind of pushback happening here. So the more we can, you know, create these types of platforms and, and have these conversations to show people that simply by, you know, making different choices means that you can create a different outcome for yourself. 
Uh, I think we need to have as many of these conversations publicly as humanly possible so that that woman who is like, oh my gosh, like, am I allowed to do this? Can mm -hmm. I, can I create this business? Can I make this thing? Can I, you know, invent this product, whatever it is that she feels like she's holding herself back with. I, I really want uh, the great Canadian woman platform to be able to give her permission to just do what's nice. on her heart. Absolutely. And I mean, the more we do that, we know that that creates the ripple that when somebody does that, they light the way for the next person and the next person. So we need, we need those women to step forward and feel confident that they can do that. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Absolutely. So there is this recurring theme that goes through most of your story from what I hear. And it's about, you know, intuition, following your gut, listening to that voice. And you think of the moves that you made across the country, as well <laughs> as, you know, creating the platform, listening to that calling that no, June 30th, this is, oh, and this is Canada Day coming up. So this is perfect. Great Canadian woman. And you took that into a summit last year, a little sidebar question I want to ask before we get to discussing the summit, um, was, uh, how long before the summit did you plan it and organize it and put it together? The first one? Mm -hmm. Oh God. Um, I think I launched it. If I, if my memory serves me correctly, I launched it at the end of May mm -hmm. and it was at the beginning of September. So it was a very short runway. Mm -hmm. uh, especially for my first event. Yeah. And that was again, still, um, you know, prior to the great Canadian woman podcast even existing. Um, so it was a, it, last year it was called the life intentionally summit. <laughs> oh, see this, and it, I, I mean, I really want the listeners to just stop for a second and understand this is last year. Okay. We're yeah. not talking about five years ago. We're talking about last year. And yeah. I really wanted to touch on that part about the summit because life intentionally the, the conference that you created because it's, it was a calling and a pull to do it. And I can relate in a sense because I, my very first event, I decided in August that I wanted to run something. I mean the whole self doubt, all those talks, but it was just felt this pull that there was something that I needed to create. And in doing so, it was like, I was two and a half months out. It was so <laughs> much work. Yes. And I mean, I have friends that are like, oh my God, do not stop. But it was just when the idea comes, I believe there's a reason yes. that that idea comes and yeah. it all works itself out and you just get down and you do the work, but it's following that calling. So if you're, I mean, you're out there thinking, I have this idea for something, but oh my gosh, like I just don't have that time to put it together or when's the perfect time. Like none of that, none, none of that. Listen to the call and follow through. I knew I wanted to ask the question about the summit because I was pretty sure it was, I was pretty sure as a first time event that it was yeah. something that you put together fairly quickly. And yeah. still did amazing, but yeah. something that you had to put the work in. So where is that summit from last year to this year? Oh, geez. I know. Uh, so now it's been completely rebranded, obviously, over to the mm -hmm. Great Canadian Woman um, Summit. And it has taken on the energy of the Great Canadian Woman. And I think that that's something really important for people to zero in on in their mm -hmm. own businesses is, is what is that natural energy that occurs with what you are creating yes. and can you capitalize on that energy that exists without you having to like orchestrate all these big complicated things and have these big complicated marketing schemes uh, when, when there's just this natural energy and excitement that's existing and people just naturally want to be a part of that. Yes. Um, so yeah, I think wherever we landed at ticket sales, we're at almost triple, I think, uh, as it stands now for so awesome. uh, 2018 attendance to 2019. And we still have 
six months left of ticket sales. So, uh, you know, we, we've got the capacity for more people. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, you know, like you said, that, that nudge that I got, um, I get all sorts of nudges and I'm sure that all the, the entrepreneurs that are listening can relate to this. We're like, I have an idea. I have another idea. Oh my God, I can do this. I can do this. Oh my God. Oh my God. <laughs> and then we have these like hundreds of things because all of a sudden we realize that everything's possible yes. and we have this urge to do all the things. Mm-hmm. So how I separate those things in, in my mind is my physiological body reaction mm-hmm. to the idea is what's telling me that my intuition is like demanding that I take this forward. So when I get like this surge, I, I literally call it a surge. It's a physiological reaction and response to a thought that I've had and my body's like, you need to listen to this one. This is something that you need to tune into and run with it, right? Right. And to this date in my business, it has never, ever, ever been wrong. Mm-hmm. It has never caused me to go down the wrong path. It has never you know, caused me to have a, a failure to launch or nothing. It's just, I'm That's being awesome. incredibly called. Um, and I'm trusting deeply that this is what I'm supposed to be doing at this moment, at this time in my business. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we go with it. And when you, when you can run uh, with that level of trust and complete surrender to, you know, whatever outcome is going to happen, it actually makes the process of all that work and the hustle that goes on behind the scenes really enjoyable as opposed to feeling like there's so many things that just have to get done. That's mm-hmm. when it starts to feel like work. <laughs> Oh, absolutely. I don't like that feeling very much. <laughs> no, me neither. Me neither. You end up trusting and it's, I mean, even when things go wrong, we had like our event had to change locations two months out of it. And it, it was, oh, it was just, I'm not going to lie. There was a part of me that was like, I can't, this is just too much anymore. It's too much. Um, and instead it was like, no, you're going to trust this. It's going to work itself out. It's going to work itself out. There comes this deep level of trust that you will sort through, like you will get there. You will get there. This is all part of your story. This is all part of the story is knowing that it's not smooth and you did it anyways. It's not perfect and you do it anyways. Right. That's really just like, like just being so grateful for all the lessons that you're learning along the way. I get excited about that mm-hmm. at this stage in my business now when things are clunking along and, and things are, you know, maybe a little bit more friction than I'd like. I find myself very much easily falling into the place of, I can't wait to teach this to someone someday. Exactly. Like I'm learning so much in this process, even when it sucks, that it's like, oh, this is going to make really good content for next year. <laughs> this is but a good it, thing. <laughs> it's a great thing. And I think that's the thing is, is that you're coming at it from a real perspective that you're not afraid to share those lessons. You know, I mean, it's, I never want to give the impression to anyone that it's easy. Like it's no. not, it's not easy, but I always say like we choose our hard, right? It's, I mean, we can, hard is also staying, is staying in a situation you absolutely hate that is sucking the life out of you that isn't allowing you to use your gifts. That's hard too. So you, you just choose which hard you want. Absolutely. Yeah. It's it, saying it's easy would be uh, mm-hmm. probably insulting to any entrepreneur out there, but that's just it. Like you're choosing your path. That's the mm-hmm. cool part of it. Like you get to choose what you do. You get to choose who you work with. Uh, you get to choose what you're creating. 
uh, and you get to choose the level of hardship that you're going to take on for the day or the week or the month or the year. Mm-hmm. Um, and that it's all beautiful. Like every single moment of it, you're either like winning or you were learning something awesome. And, and there's really no in between. No. Therefore it's, it's all, it's all meant to be, you know, experienced and, and then shared because once you figure it out, I truly believe that it becomes your responsibility to take as many people as you can with you. Okay. That is definitely one of my nuggets that I've always, and that is something I wholeheartedly believe is like when you have figured something out you, it's like you owe it to yourself and others to help to pay that forward. You really, really do. Because I think back to when I was in some of the lowest points of my life, I can't even tell you what I would have paid for someone to help me through that and maybe not be five years long. (laughs) Like Maybe my lesson, maybe I could have learned three or two or, I mean, yes, there's still a process that I had to go through to take it. But um, no, if I can shorten a learning curve for somebody, I will do that 10 times over. Because it's not about me anymore, right? It's not about you. Like, it's not about us anymore. And I think that's a missing piece is like when I get caught up into that anxiety or thinking too much, I'm thinking about myself. I'm not thinking about what I'm doing this for, who that person is. Yeah. Bingo. And that's exactly the the way that I kind of snap myself back to is, Mm -hmm. is exactly what you said. If I'm fretting about something, it means I'm making it about me yep. and it's, it's so not it's about all the, I know it's about all the women who are, who are tuning in and waiting for those yeah. podcasts to drop and waiting for that next post and waiting for the next program or your opportunities yes. to work with you, whatever it is, uh, it's about them. And, yes. You know, that's probably the, the fastest way to snap yourself back into, you know, being hyper engaged in what you're doing is realizing uh, how many people you are robbing. Mm-hmm. Um, of of what's possible for them if if you kind of get stuck or hung up in in the wrong in the wrong mindset. Absolutely, absolutely, it's so powerful. So you have I've given a bazillion examples of you following your intuition in your gut <laughs> and moving forward and doing what um, you feel called to do when you feel that like you trust that voice. Yeah. So what is it that drives you? What drives you forward? What lifts you up? What keeps you going? What like what does that look like for you? Such a great question. For me, the most rewarding thing, okay, there's two. Mind me to come back to the second one. Right. The most rewarding thing is seeing the results of me stepping out into leadership and in other people. Mm-hmm. So when I can see that, you know, by me busting down my fears uh, and, and moving forward, despite what naysayers say or despite whatever pushback comes my way, getting through something. And then now as a result of me getting through it, seeing someone else having a really positive experience, a really powerful transformation like that. I'm like hungry for that. Mm -hmm. Like give me more of that Mm -hmm. all the time. And and then I watch that person now turn around and pass it on to somebody else. Like that is just the coolest thing to me. And, And to be able to like tangibly see it, um, you know, especially now in the world of online where we we're so kind of up to speed with what everybody's doing all the time. Yes. And knowing that there's a thread that's weaving through this network of people um, because I got out of my own way and I got out of my own way because someone that helped me got out of their own way, you know, and your mind can literally explode if you allow yourself to think about that idea of that ripple effect. (laughs) But that really is what keeps me going. And, And my personal why 
um, if, if the listeners are familiar with, with uh, Simon Sinek and, and the power of why. My personal why is just that. If, if I don't move, move out of my own way, then I rob others of what's possible for them. Mm-hmm. Of course, that's going to light my butt on fire every single day, you know, because I know that if I don't, if I know that I, if I quit, then these people don't actually get the help that they need in the way that they needed it, which was the way that I can deliver it. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, similar work to, to myself and your business, like it exists all around. There's lots of similarities oh, in the work that we do. But whoever's out there waiting for you to come forward with your product or service needs it in the way that you can deliver it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, maybe someone else is delivering it, but it's not going to land with them the way that you can. Um, so, you know, by not, you know, getting completely out of my way, it freaks me out to think about how many women are struggling unnecessarily. And it's just something I'm not willing to, to you know, stand for. So therefore, I keep going. Um, the second part to that is, uh, you know, growing up and going into my adult years, I was grinding and hustling and climbing the ladder and just, you know, I thought I was doing all the quote unquote successful things in my life. And, you know, then I turn around and I look at my younger sister who is almost nine years younger than me. And it like dawned on me one day, cause she's coming up through university, looking to her big sister and this big flashy, successful life she was living. And the last thing I wanted was for her to live the life that I was living. Mm-hmm. And this whole time I had been trying to be that role model uh, and, and, and success story for her. And then one day I realized I'm like, I don't ever want her to feel mm-hmm. like this. I don't ever want her to think that in order for her to be successful or have money or, you know, feel fulfilled that she needs to do the things that I've done in my career and hustle as hard as I did because it sucked. <laughs> like oh, it was, it was draining it. Yeah. It was, you know, yes, there were good things, but overall, generally speaking, um, you know, that decade of my life, I was wiped out, miserable, stressed out and unhealthy. And I'm thinking, what? kind of example am I setting for her? Um, and that became a driving force for me too, to like radically change my life and show her that whatever she chooses to do coming out of university, it's entirely her choice and it's entirely within her control to be able to create the type of life that she wants. Mm -hmm. But I knew that in order for her to be able to actually believe that she needed to see it, um, so that became a big factor in, in me just kind of like completely flipping my life upside down and starting over. And you did just that, right? From the point, what was the point of time from the point when you left your corporate career to the point when you went to like, um, when your brand launched, was oh, it God. literally like, it was, it, it feels like overnight, but within a couple of weeks. Yeah. It's pretty fast. Yep. It was pretty yep. fast. Yeah. Yeah. You created space, right? This is the, this is a challenging piece for some entrepreneurs, myself included. I will totally miss that is you you create a situation where you created space. We need space for things to come to life. And that's a challenging piece because some people say, okay, but I have a full-time job and I completely, I respect that. And I understand because I do work many, like many hours at my other job. Um, but it's, it's, it needs to, if it, if it calls on you, then you keep following that and yeah. until things change or whatever that they do, but you need to create some space somewhere. There are some things you can offload. There are some things that maybe don't have to be done to the standard that we think that we do. 
that would be one of the first things I say for women in business is where can you create space in your life that is yours to work on this business because you just can't keep adding more and adding more and adding more on. It's got to create space for it to grow. Yeah. You literally have to do the, almost like a, the reverse of a process of elimination mm -hmm. of what isn't actually fundamental, um, to your day-to-day -day existence right? and take an honest inventory of that. Cause I think that we're all guilty of saying, I don't have time. Oh, all of us. We, we all say it. I catch myself saying it now and then I'm like, oh no, I actually have a lot of time. <laughs> <laughs> Compared to before. Compared right? to before, yeah. I'm like, oh, silly Sarah, that was ridiculous to say. I don't have time. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, that was my excuse I used all the time. I don't have time. I don't have time. When what was actually happening was I had no energy. And there was oh. a huge, huge difference between the two. How gold um, is that? I had a ton of time to sit on the couch and drink wine and eat potato chips and watch nonsense on TV after work so I could numb out and not have to stress about anything. Um, Until you had to go to bed and repeat the same day over again. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right? So, you know, it, it was the energy that was lacking. So instead of, you know, maybe for the listeners, instead of trying to figure out how to have more time in your life, figure out how to, how you can get more energy into yeah. your day. Um, and that could, that's a number of things going to be different for everybody, but get, get rid of the stuff that's really draining it and start bringing more in that's filling it. I always say, follow the energy, like follow what is feeding you. And if it's feeding you, you'll find, you'll find a way to do a lot more in a day. If it feeds you, if it's yep. something that you love doing, you'll yeah. make the time. But if it is something you absolutely hate and despise, and you can offload that to someone else to help you then do it because you need to create the space so that you can have the energy to, to help birth this business idea. Yeah, that's exactly it. And it, energy is such a, a cue for so many things in business. And I don't, I certainly don't shut up about it in mine. No, because it's, it's a big indicator of, of how we're feeling about everything that we are doing is the energy that's being produced as a result of it. Absolutely. So if, if that feeling that's being produced is, you know, lethargy or, or fatigue or stress or angst or, you know, worry and, and fretting and all those things, and chances are what we're investing and spending our energy in is not the things that we should be spending and investing our energy. And that includes people, places, things, everything, mm -hmm. um, you know, so you know that you're really hitting the nail on the head when, you know, when the day comes where your business requires a 20 hour work day, you're like, yeah, no, I'm good because my energy is flowing and it's, yeah. it's a matter of not having time. It's like, I got a ton of energy because I'm, I'm playing in the right zone. I'm, I'm playing in the right lane. Yes. This feels really, really good. And therefore, you know, if we got to put in a long work day, I'm totally okay with that because yeah. it's my jam. Yeah. And you just, I think you learn that as you go and you learn also to listen to what you need and that when you come off of a big push, I just came off a very big push. I would say my, I, I read a whole book on the weekend. <laughs> it was my go-to. I got 10 hours of sleep and I read a whole book. And I just, I, I knew I needed that kind of decompression because it was the only way I was going to be able to come back this week and be more. So it, and it's okay. It's okay to push because you've got to build in time where you recover too. Yep. And that's, that's so important building in the time to recover. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> I learned that the hard way, actually, if the, uh, coming off my very first program launch first or second, it was one of the first ones. And I had, I mean, it was a month long campaign uh, for this program that I had built. And, uh, you know, I stayed up right until the, 
last second on the clock went by that enrollment was closed and I was like, all right, you know, back to work. And I had spent so much energy during this launch that you know, for days after I was like, why am I so white? You know, like physically I hadn't been exerting myself any, you know, beyond any means I normally would. But yeah. It was energetic output because it's, you know, you have so much passion and what you're doing and excitement, just like you planning your event, like it's just so oh. much. And then, you know, you lay it out on, on the, on the floor, on the stage for that a whole day, you're just letting it out, letting it out, letting it out. If you don't have that planned recovery time in, yes, you absolutely will find yourself like fighting and trying to struggle your way through your day because <laughs> um, all these things need to get done. So literally clear that schedule after any big thing that you yes. have. Yes. Some time to just chill. Like, you just like you to read a book. Put your oh, book it's permission, yeah. right? You're giving yeah. yourself that permission again. I absolutely could not agree more. Yeah. Um, there is something I definitely want to touch on with you. We have a couple more questions, but one I really want to touch on because I know it's a topic you're passionate about and it is self-worth. So <laughs> I love, I know I see, I love, um, I've learned a lot from you and there I can say that again, we fall into comparison, business owners, females, we judge, you know, should I charge that much? Is that too much? Is this, yeah. this, this, um, I've had people even say to me, like, how can you charge people for the lessons that you learned? Like, how can you do that with the story that you had? I've had, like, I've had just downright surprising things that people have said. Yeah. So it can play in your head, but I've learned some really great lessons from you about self-worth and how, how to, not just pricing, but understanding like your value of what you have to offer others. So I would love, I know you've touched on some of it today, but I would love for you to dive into that topic. Yeah. I just took two notes here because I want to make sure I touch on both of these. Mm -hmm. There's two huge ones here. I think that we need to talk about one is, um, if you are in a position to, you know, put a price on something that you're offering, whether it's a product or a service or an event, I mean, whatever it is that you've created yeah. and you're now like, oh God, like how much do I actually charge for this thing? It can be hard sometimes to figure out how much we are worth. Yes. So what I like to offer people, if that's something they struggle with, is think about the value and the impact that it's going to have on the other person mm -hmm. and their life and the trajectory of their life and the pivot in their life and the change uh, and the transformation in their life. Mm -hmm. What kind of price tag do you put on that? What kind of price tag would, would that person not pay in order to have that experience or that yes. really profound shift in their life or their business? or their health, whatever type of business, business that you're running, what would a person not pay in mm -hmm. order to experience that? What would a person not pay in order to get completely out of whatever rock and hard place they find themselves in right now? Right. Right. So it, it's kind of part, okay, yes, I get that I have something valuable to others. Um, but if you're really stuck in that, oh my gosh, I'm really, you know, hesitant to put a price tag on it. Put yourself in the, in the person's shoes that you know for certain that you can help, that you can serve powerfully and ask right. yourself, like, what wouldn't that person invest in order to have their solution uh, to, their, to the problem that they have? Because that's ultimately right. what we're doing with any product or service that we provide. We are solving someone's problem. Yes. Right. That's, yes. that's all it is. <laughs> yes. I don't need to overcomplicate it. I nope, have not at all. And that's just how it is. The other thing um, that I talk about quite frequently is, you know, when, when we're establishing 
our worth when it comes to the price tag that we're sticking on our forehead uh, for whatever it is that we're offering. Um, there is, going back to the topic of energy, there is something powerful to be said about the financial energetic exchange mm -hmm. between what you are receiving versus what you are giving. So in order for you to show up powerfully in your business and be able to do the things that you do, you need to be okay. <laughs> you need to be able to pay your bills. You mm -hmm. need to be able to make sure that your lights don't shut off. You need to be able to make sure that there's food in your fridge. You need to make sure that your kids are okay. You need to make sure that they've got clothes. You need to make sure like you're running a business. You need to get paid. Mm -hmm. So in order for you to be able to feel really good, really financially sound, bulletproof, so that you can show up powerfully, even more powerfully in your business, and better yet, grow it into something even bigger, Right. the energetic exchange of money needs to be balanced with the energy that you're putting out in order to solve all of these problems that other people have. So it starts to feel icky, sticky, gross when you're not charging enough, because when you're not charging enough and you're like putting your heart and soul into all of this and you're trying to solve their problems and, you know, maybe because you didn't charge enough, you got some people that don't understand the value of what you're offering because you inadvertently told them you didn't have a lot of value by what tiny, tiny price tag you put on it. That energetic, you know, scale gets tilted and, and whacked out of balance right away. So you're pushing all of this, you know, service in, but what you're getting back is like teeny tiny in comparison. Yes. And when that scale tips permanently in that direction of, oh my gosh, like I'm giving out 90%. I'm only really getting back like 10. Like where, how is this a balanced relationship? How is this a balanced exchange? When you're not receiving what you know your value is worth, your own energy starts mm -hmm. to go down with it. Mm -hmm. And when your energy goes down with it, it becomes even more difficult for you to charge more money. Yeah. So I always say to everybody, I think I said this on one of my, my recent episodes, like you want to you wanna make more money than make more money. Like it really is that simple, right? Like, yes, charge more money. If you want to charge more money, charge more money. And it's going to be different for everybody. Yes, there is markets and, and demographics and, you know, all this, you know, analytics that we can do about what we quote unquote should be charging. But the most important thing that, that matters above everything else is what's going to make me feel really, really good. What's going to make me feel really, really secure. And yes. what's going to make me want to show up as powerfully as humanly possible for this person who is valuing me and what I offer as much as I do. Oh, I, there's so much gold in that. And I love how you talk about, you know, standing powerfully in what your value is. Yeah. And I, I heard you say on a recent podcast, the fact that, you know, when you have determined what that value is, like stand on it, stand in it and yeah. own it. And yeah. if that means it takes time for the right people to find you, you have to have that level of conviction, which conviction is one of your big words. Yeah. But if we don't have that level of conviction, if you have that like, ooh, I think I can put this out. I don't know if this is right. If you are feeling that, they feel it. Yes. And the more they feel it, they're like, I don't know if I trust that because that's just like, I don't know if she's sure what it is. And exactly. so I, yeah, you have to stand in that with that self-worth and it's a, you know what, it's a real lesson in learning for a lot of us in, yeah. in trusting 
that, you know, if it depends on, you can't judge that success. You might have maybe your first launch, you have like three people who yeah. jump into your program and you really want to 10. And then those three have tremendous results. They talk to people. And before you know it, your next one, you do have 10. Like it's, it's, it doesn't, don't judge. I set intentions about what I would like to create, how many people I'd like to help, who I'd like to attract and work with. But it doesn't mean that if I don't hit that number, that it's a failure. Exactly. Right. It's not yeah. a pass or a fail or not good enough or any of those things, but you service the crap out of the ones that you have so yeah. that they have a very good experience and they have nothing but to speak very highly of what you are offering them. Yeah, exactly. And that's exactly it. And the, you know, it, it, it sounds, uh, it sounds catty, but this is a very real thing where if you do not feel that your clients are valuing what you know you're offering. Mm -hmm. the, the desire to serve the crap out of them um, slowly starts to fade away because yes. that, that, like going back to the energetic imbalance, right? Like the value for the money exchange has to be there. Yes. So when you know that you're working with people that are like, this is the, I'm learning so much. This has been such a powerful experience. This is so transformational. I've learned so much already. Like mm -hmm. that is the, the greatest feeling ever when you're, when you're a service-based business to know that the people that you've attracted into your business are having such a beautiful mm -hmm. experience. Um, but we set the tone for that as the yes. people who set the price tags, because if you charge too little, you're going to get met with probably a, a lot of people who are not entirely committed to what they are doing, um, probably a little bit more on the needy side, probably a little bit more on the not so willing to change and grow side. Mm -hmm. um, and energetically, again, that can become incredibly imbalanced for you as, as the leader of your business, trying to like drag all these people oh, along with you. Exhausting. Um, so yeah, I mean, there's, there's so much we could talk about in pricing, but the biggest thing hands down is making sure that you're okay. Uh, mm -hmm. and that, that scale is absolutely balanced with value for, for finance. I think that is great information for everyone. I appreciate you saying that because when we talk about women in business, we talk about, you know, we've got independent coaches, we've got people running their own online businesses. Pricing can be a really tricky thing for people to determine. Yep. And I mean, I think it's as I, we just had one of my um, clients increase her rates and they were too low to begin with, but increased her rates. And as she did, it was just like, she's, she has a people sign on right at that price range. Yeah. And I mean, you have to own that and you've got to know. And I said, besides what happens, you're, it, she's such an integrity person. We all like, just, you'll deliver to that level. You will step up and you will deliver to that level because you are invested and you want them to have success. You're not here going, I want the money. It's that you're there trying to actually help and impact people. So you will step up and deliver at that level. Yep. And that's exactly it. And it's, it's, yeah, I mean, just being so excited about people's transformation and you know, I mean, with integrity, if you are a person of integrity, you're right. going to live up to, uh, you know, the, the, the price tag that you have stuck on your product or your services, because you truly value what you do, you know, the power in what you do. Um, and yeah, my gosh, there's so much we could say about about money and, and all that stuff. Oh, I mean, the money, money's a whole episode on its own for, for women. But I mean, I appreciate you jumping into that topic because I do think that like, and sometimes we just need to do some extra work on our own self-worth first. Yep. yep. 
Yeah. Right? And actually believe. Mm-hmm. Right? Absolutely. Starts with like, you got to believe that what you are offering is actually going to positively impact or influence or change another human being's life. Yes. And if you can answer that with like, with a resounding yes, mm-hmm. um, then it becomes a lot easier to put a, a price on what you offer. But if there's hesitance there, yeah. You know, perhaps before you get to the pricing stage, you reassess what it is you're offering first. Yes, uh, and and find your own confidence in what you're delivering, mm-hmm. uh, because it ultimately is your confidence that will that will enable you to stand in your your pricing with with total conviction. And it is true what they say, um, and it's been my personal experience too that the more you step into your value. Uh, the more you own your worth, the more you, you know, stand in what you're offering. Uh, even when that comes at a higher ticket price, the faster you sell out and fill your seats. Yes. And I remember when I first started out, I was like charging like peanut shells, like not even peanuts, <laughs> but like peanut <laughs> peanuts. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, you know, I look at that first program, um, in comparison to uh, this program now, the the mastermind, my latest offering, mm-hmm. uh, the financial return is eight hundred percent more. Wow, eight hundred percent more. Wow, and and the the prices are nowhere near each other, like nowhere near each other. <laughs> right, you're literally talking hundreds versus thousands. So yeah. that you know, there's a myth out there. It's like, oh my gosh, if I charge too much, people won't come. It's actually the opposite because what you're, what you're showing to people by, by claiming what you are worth is you're, you're also showing your confidence in what you're offering mm-hmm. people that much more comfortable in investing their money with you because you are exhibiting such a, a, a vast amount of confidence that you actually can help that person. Oh, that is so true. So true. I heard a quote yesterday and it made me think of it is that if you don't pay, we don't pay attention. And I loved that because it was just like, you know, I've gotten lots of free things before that I haven't logged on, haven't done. I mean, I have the intention of doing it, but I'm not as committed to something that I have invested in. And that is, yeah, I just love that quote. I was like, oh, that's so, so true. So for women in the game, right? Having skin in the game. Oh, absolutely. I have to have skin in the game. Yep. So speaking of skin in the game, where is the great Canadian women headed? Like, what do you see it doing over the next year? Ooh, my gosh, over the next year. Well, uh, the big thing that I would love um, to achieve in the great Canadian woman is to get way more connected across Canada. <laughs> uh, because as I took on this name, I was like, oh my goodness, this is, a large, this is a large responsibility to carry. How am yes. I going to reach all of these people? And, and, you know, the podcast has been wonderful, but I mean, we're, we're just barely scratching the surface of the surface when you think mm-hmm. about that. There's 18 and a half million women in Canada. And so the, the mission for the Great Canadian Woman is to um, come to where the women are. So right now uh, I host the annual event, which draws in, you know, a couple of hundred people, which is what we're looking at in 2019, which is awesome. Amazing. Yeah. There's still 18 and a half million people in Canada that I got to reach at least women anyway. Yeah. Uh, so the, the, the mission is to uh, take the great Canadian woman on the road. Um, and that doesn't necessarily mean me. Uh, right. That means uh, opening up uh, a facilitator program under the great Love Canadian it. And, and having, you know, all of these certified, you know, super rad, high powered, high energy, high vibe women um, that are certified under the great Canadian woman values uh, and getting out into their communities and, you know, teaching, that. 
business and super awesome workshops or even just networking events. Like there's so many different things that, that we're thinking about doing. Um, but really it is, it's just, it's maximizing reach. Um, mm-hmm. you know, we're, we're doing that as, as best we can right now with the podcast and it's, it's growing oh. 20 to 30% every month consistently, it's which amazing. is wonderful. Uh, but now we want to, you know, exponentially grow that in-person uh, type of feeling because you and I both know that we can exchange energy powerfully online, but there's nothing like being out there. Um, so yeah, bringing a lot more local uh, workshops and events to uh, Canadian women, whether it's big city or small town, isn't going to matter. No. Uh, that's kind of the big, the next big thing for the great Canadian woman over the next year, year and a half. Uh, and then long term, um, the Great Canadian Woman will ultimately become a one-stop shop for uh, any new female entrepreneur in Canada um, and all of the resources that they could possibly ever need or think of. Um, and instead of having to shop around in different locations and having mm-hmm. to utilize 18 different people in their network in order to, you know, kind of get everything, you know, orchestrated and, and up and running in their business to just be able to come to the great Canadian woman and, and have an entire library and catalog of resources, um, just to facilitate that onboarding and startup process that I've lived through myself. Oh. I look back on think there's so many easier ways that I could have done so many of these things if I had have had the means and the resources and the connections. Yes. Um, so I, that's that's ultimately what I want to provide, and and you know that one day will go so far as to being able to, you know, in, invest in in you know up and coming Canadian businesses to, mm. to help boost them into the marketplace. So it's a big vision, but. It's exciting. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we all have to, that's great. I mean, I knew, I knew you'd have a big vision. I was had no question about that. So, I mean, I'm glad you shared that with us, but no, that's, that's where those ideas come from. And you think about at the core, if you do that in spreading it out into different cities in Canada, talk about shortening the learning curve, like the impact that you can have. I mean, making it just easier for women to start a business. Yeah. It doesn't have to be that complicated. Yes, it's work, but it doesn't have to be that complicated. Exactly. Yeah. And what's the, I think from our networking, network marketing days, what is the term that, um, what what was it? Jimmy the butcher? Is that who it was? He said it's, uh, it's simple, but it's not easy. It's simple, but it's not easy. Yeah. That was him. Yeah. 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 Yeah, He's still there. That's amazing. But I remember when, when I heard him say that, I was like, huh? Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. We make it complicated. We make it complicated to stop ourselves. Sometimes I think we do because it's like, Oh, what happens if like this success happens? Oh my God. What can I manage that? Wait, let me just go self-sabotage over here so that I don't actually have to see if that was going to work. I have an excuse to not do that thing over there. (laughs) It's like you set up the excuse before you even start. We are pros at that. We can be pros. And sometimes I just laugh and I'm like, Oh, here we go, Marsha. There we go. That's an old pattern. That's come back in. I have a good laugh about it. And then move on. It's always awesome when you can get to the point where you can actually see yourself self-destructing, right? (laughs) Yeah. And call yourself out on it, right? Call yourself yourself out. out. Oh yeah. Yeah. Not critically, just I add a humor to it. I'm like, Oh, there it is again. (laughs) There it is again. Having a meltdown. Okay. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, well, there's so much value in this. And we have just, I just want to give you a couple quick questions at the end, but where can people find you, connect with you and the things that you have coming up? Cause I know the summit's coming up. Yes. Uh, two easiest places are Instagram and my website. Uh, Instagram is the great Canadian woman mm-hmm. and website is the great Canadian woman.ca. <laughs> so super Perfect. easy to find both undergoing a really beautiful, juicy rebranding process at the moment, which I'm very nice to reveal. So yeah, connect with me on there for sure. 
Awesome. And watch your stories because you're very active on your stories, which I love. And you've got it. Seriously, your sense of humor, does it ever speak to me? It is just, it. I mean, anybody who knows me, and if you watch some of Sarah's stuff, you're going to be like, oh yeah, I get that. That's so, that's, that's why they connect. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, she's got that dry sense of humor that I absolutely freaking love. So it's not yeah, awesome. Awesome. <laughs> Awesome. You, okay. So two quick questions for you. Sure. Um, if you could go back in time to speak to your younger self, you can pick any age that you want. What lesson or message would you give her? Oh, mm -hmm. going back in time to speak. Anytime. To Gosh, I think that it would be that I'm allowed to define success. However I want to. Mm -hmm. I love that. When I was a kid, I thought it was very linear. Uh, mm -hmm. I thought that in order to be successful, I had to follow a very certain path. Otherwise, I would be seen as unsuccessful. Yes. Um, so yeah, just having instilling in, in the younger version of myself that it's okay to create your own idea of success and, mm -hmm. and stand in that. Mm -hmm. I love that. Absolutely love that. Last question. What lesson in life are you most grateful for? Oh my God. Everything I've completely failed at, I would have to say, seriously, that might sound cliche, but uh, you know, anytime I started a new uh, job or I took a new promotion or even just in my entrepreneurial journey, <laughs> every starting point, I'm like, what? painful lesson am I going to learn next? Because yeah. it's inevitable that oh. it's going to happen. We cannot avoid, you know, failures and misstepping or anything like that. And, you know, <laughs> over time, I think it's because I, I grew so quickly in my corporate career that I probably had more failures than most by age 30. Yes. Um, but it's because I had more failures than most by age 30 that I was 10 to 20 years ahead in my career. Mm -hmm. uh, so I think that, you know, as, as painful as failures are, they have been the most catalytic component of my journey. Um, and, you know, they say that, and I never really understood this when I was kind of first starting out and I was junior in my career. And they say that, uh, you know, failure is the greatest way to learn and, and failure is the greatest way to never make that mistake again. And, you know, all of these things. And it's true. You know, we, I think that if everything in my career and in my business had been easy and flawless, uh, I would not have nearly the value to offer my community. I just wouldn't because I wouldn't have had those lessons. I wouldn't have had those experiences. Uh, and I, and therefore I wouldn't be able to speak authentically um, to, to those problems that I know that people are facing because I've lived through them myself. So mm -hmm. As much as I could say, you know, there's been wonderful things that have happened. Absolutely. That have been great, you know, gifts for me. Uh, I don't think anything holds a candle to uh, face planting. <laughs> <laughs> okay. okay. That's like, there's a title right there. Nothing holds a candle to face planting. I absolutely love that message. Maybe I'll put that up on my Instagram. Tonight. I think that's you should. <laughs> I do. I actually think, I think that's a great title. You know I mean? People are laughing, but I'm like hysterically laughing right now. <laughs> I mean, nothing holds a candle to it. And that's the thing, right? Yeah. Is that if you didn't have dissatisfaction in your corporate job, if things weren't going smoothly, you wouldn't have stepped into this. You wouldn't have yeah. stepped into this. Like I, it's, I mean, sometimes our most difficult experiences, challenges, they set us up. It's like, that's the arrow pulling back, right? They set yeah. us up for what comes next. 
So it's, you know, we have to, it's all part of our story. All of it is. Yeah. It almost makes me want to take an inventory now of, of like the top 10 face plants I've had in my adult life. <laughs> There's a podcast episode. Yeah. There you go. We've got all kinds of content with this conversation. <laughs> Do you know how many times I'm having a conversation with somebody else and it goes, I'm like, wait a minute, just a second. That's my next topic. I do my, there's my post. Oh, wait, just a second. There's a next like, podcast. It's that's how it happened. That's a creative side. It pops out, right? When you're, when you're brainstorming. Yeah, that would be interesting to see if, if even for the listeners to just, you know, take a look at some of your, your biggest moments in life where you're like, oh dear God, like I just want to crawl into a rock. I don't want to be experiencing this anymore. No. If you can, if you could go back to that space and allow yourself to go back into some of those icky feelings that I'm sure existed. Um, see, like draw a line on a map, like how, where did that pivot you into? Oh. I, I mean, I can't, I have some that were just so instrumental in pushing me into a completely different direction that I look at it and I'm like, that would have just never happened had that like this, this would next step wouldn't have happened. And that means that all those people that I know now, I wouldn't have known, like I wouldn't know them. Right. It's not, it's, it's amazing. I mean, it's some of the challenges that we've gone through with our lives. I mean, the people that are in it now, I wouldn't have even known if we hadn't gone through what we had. So it's not like that I, you know, you're grateful for all the pain and things that you go through, but it serves a purpose and it does serve a purpose sometimes to kind of push you into the next stage. Totally. I totally agree. And you know, so for any of the listeners listening, like we can face plant as many times as <laughs> like probably more than you're ever, ever going to know. We yes. can face plant a lot and maybe we don't share our face plants enough so that you know that they happen, but I hate to be cliche. I mean, it's getting back up that matters, right? It's yes. getting back up that matters. It's, it's what you choose to do with your life that matters. It's the next step that you take. And that's always, always, always your choice. Amen. It builds strength and resiliency. So, you know, let them come, let them happen. Because as long as you're getting back up, you are much stronger and much more resilient than you were the last time. Every single time, every single time. Well, I can't, this is a great conversation. I could talk to you forever. So (laughs) thank you so much for your insight. I know you gave such tremendous value and insight for all the women out there who are looking to start a business or even just trying to listen to the calling about what do I do next? So if you do not have your tickets to the summit, I would strongly, strongly encourage you to come. I am very grateful to be part of it this year. And I know I'm speaking. I just, I'm so excited. I've seen where the speakers are staying and I'm like, oh my God, this oh, is yeah. so exciting. Oh, it's going to be like a girl's weekend with oh. the highest purpose. I'm telling you, it's going to be good. <laughs> oh, I'm so excited about it. And I know the women that it's going to attract. So, you know, this is for years, I jumped on planes. Like you, Sarah, I jumped on yep. planes. I went to events. I went to places where I knew no one. I, because I knew I felt called to do it and I just kept going. So if you are thinking, okay, this is really essentially in Ontario, this is like in your backyard, that this is something you do not want to miss because it's, it's really in your backyard and you're going to be surrounded around women who are there sharing their stories, their impact and helping you just take one more big step in your life forward. Yeah. Well said. You can be the poster child for the summit until October. Perfect. I will be the poster child for you. I strongly, somebody asked me yesterday and she's like, I don't know. And I'm like, you know what? There's no excuse. It's in your backyard. 
Yep. It's in your backyard. You have to pay exchange rate. <laughs> yeah, there's no exchange rate. There's nothing. There's no plane. There's no, like, nothing. No customs. It's right in your backyard. And it's Gravenhurst in the fall. Like, I'm sorry, but that's hello. Just, like, hello. hello. <laughs> this is the best place to be, right? So, yes. So, I definitely would encourage you to um, to attend at that event. It'll be worth it. And we have, to- we have women coming in from six provinces so far. How that's cool. awesome. Yeah. It is absolutely Early awesome. coast to coast coming in for this thing. So, which is great. Cause that's what your brand is, right? So yeah. it's great that you have people coming in from all over. So yeah. I think it's awesome. I would strongly encourage you to come and I would encourage you to connect with Sarah at very least listen to her podcast because there's so much value there that it's just from a personal and a business level that there's a lot of value there. So I can't thank you yeah. enough for being here today, Sarah. I'm so grateful. So grateful. thank you so much. I love talking to you and I could probably go on for another three hours, but <laughs> this is good. This is good. This is all good. We'll around to one day. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We will. We will. It's all good. Thank you so much for being here. I totally Thank appreciate you. you. All right. Thank you, Marcia. You're welcome. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us today. Until next time, remember, when you own your choices, you truly own your life.